Hello and welcome back to the OMG podcast. I'm one of your MGs, Matthew, and with me as always, we got MG number two, Michael. Me you know, Michael? want brain. Me want brain. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what movie you watched, but I didn't see any brain hungry zombies in this one. No, they were they were just really, really into cancel culture. All they really wanted to do was just stop anybody from talking. That's <laughs> I would love, and we're going to get into a lot, obviously. This is pre-play-by-play territory, so we're keeping Mm -hmm. some stuff for the back half. But I'm very intrigued in getting into are these zombies or not zombies debate. I mean, whenever you don't use the word, it always opens things up for interpretation. But I think you have a much better argument about, you know, this is clearly zombie than anybody who's like Die Hard or Gremlins or Chris or not. I think Gremlins is a legit Christmas movie, like Die Hard being a Christmas movie. I love Die Hard, but like we're all we're all going a little bit out of out of our way to call that one a Christmas movie where this is clearly a zombie movie. They just for whatever reason don't want to use the word like it's trademarked. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's got all the beats of a zombie movie. Which is yeah. why it's a zombie movie. Whether the <laughs> villains and or the infected are zombies, mm-hmm. that's probably into like the more truer sense of what a zombie is. Because zombies, I don't know if by definition need organic matter to live, or if they're just like an infectious thing is taking over a human body mm-hmm. post death and is now using that as a vehicle. That's a zombie, it, right? It had, yeah, it always had, like, for me, the, the clear definition is the idea of reanimated. It's death, and then you come back as something completely different. Your your body essentially has been reanimated to become whatever whatever that movie wants a zombie to be. With pure evil, somewhat intelligent, absolutely stupid, fast, slow. <laughs> that That's where the movies can always take their, their leeway. But the core concept is the idea of this thing once was once was human and now no longer has anything but like the basics of, of instincts. Yeah, that's fair. And I think... Out the gate, no one's going to call this non-zombie movie. I'm just interested mm-hmm. in getting into the way in which this movie treats the infection. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It's not your typical, you know, zombie me want brains type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into the vagueness of the plot. <laughs> let's talk about what is this movie in the in the most general sense, Michael. Yeah. What, what would you describe the plot in as little words as possible? A handful of survivors of an infectious calamity try to avoid the rabid and infected zombies who are after them. There you go. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what zombie movies are about, right? You got a problem of uh, some sort of disease, and that's been there's an outbreak, and you got non non uh, infected people trying to escape the infection. Yeah, you know, you remove a few words or just change a few words from that, and you just describe the last few years of of everyone's life. Uh, in addition to that plot summaries i I think this is like one where the location is part of the plot yes but this is like specifically a uk uh zombie environment that we're in 
Yeah, and and I think that we will talk specifically why that matters when we get into the the play by play. But just in terms of like the visuals, yes, this is clearly set in a specific time and area of England. Yeah, which is um, we'll we'll get into the the accolades of this movie, but that's where this movie's sweet spot is. There's like apparently UK cinema rough. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say this movie doesn't belong on a lot of lists, but it's uh, disproportionately on best films from the UK list. <laughs> I mean, it's what? It's basically like, well, we got James Bond and then we got anything that like Danny Boyle or um, or the guy who did uh, Dark Knight. I forget what his name is. He's like kind of like only English in name. Uh, Nolan. Who, like, Nolan, yeah. like, like those that like outside of them, it's like, I don't know, who do you think of as UK cinema? Like, I'm sure there are great ones and apologies right off the bat, but yeah. <laughs> who'd you say? I'm going Guy Ritchie. Uh, sure. All right. I said great, but I'll take Guy Ritchie as good. <laughs> it's fucking all relative when it comes to greatness in the UK. Uh, yeah. In, in addition to the plot, one of our, our sweet spots we like to talk about of what is the movie's intent? Mm-hmm. What genres? Are we hitting? This is a movie that comes, it clocks in at a healthy hour and 55 minutes. Credits roll at the hour 48 minute mark. So, I mean, it's right in the in between the, the, the 90 to a full two hour. Mm-hmm. Um, how many genres does that make it qualify for, Michael? That's a sixer. That's a six genre piece. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, you can get your movie in under 100 minutes. You get five. Start going over. You're asking me to pay more and more attention. You're gonna also need to give me something. Right? You want my attention? I I want to. I want something to enjoy, to think about, to be excited about. So you better you better present it. Um, and yes, obviously the you know the the, the kind of one sentence plot there. If you've never heard or seen Twenty Eight Days Later, that should be enough for you to know right off the bat if it's something you are at all interested in. Right. Just you start using the word zombie, uh, you know, calamity, apocalypse. Like, okay, I have a pretty good sense of what this movie is trying to do. But there's, you know, as anybody who's seen good amounts of zombie movies, there's a wide spectrum. Are you going for comedic? Are you going for the drama of it? Are you going for pure gore? Right. What what it what are the special sauce ingredients that makes 28 Days Later different than any other zombie Hmm. apocalypse movie Mm -hmm. to me? This movie focuses on the thriller aspect of a journey, right? So, like for me, like it's always a dis- uh, it's always a discussion on is an adventure the same thing as a thriller? And for me, something is an adventure when you kind of want to be there or be a part of the experience. And thriller's like, I don't want this. I don't want to be a part of this. I'll watch other people do it though. Like I don't want yeah. you know to be chased by a zombie, but it is, or I have to go to from one place to another. But it is kind of fun to hope and hope someone actually succeeds with it. So yeah, a lot I of think thrill- key, yeah. I mean, well, whether this is an adventure movie is still up for debate because I I do like the for me if I'm saying what's an adventure, what's a thriller, mm-hmm. and it, Adventure to me, the story is revolving around a destination. Like we need to get somewhere. And a thriller is more about the emotions involved with that said process. Like if it's a if it's a harrowing journey to get to somewhere, mm-hmm. it's a thriller adventure. Mm-hmm. If it's like a dramatic way of getting there, it's a drama adventure, and then so forth, so on and so forth. That's my I, t- I, yeah. I would I would throw in the third curveball of if it's forced, it's a thriller. Oh, okay. Against I mean, your will adventure. Yeah, right? Against your will adventure is a thriller. 
Um, so we got a thriller aspect. I feel another thing that would separate this from other, you know, horror um, apocalypse kind of setting movies is that this movie does have a decent amount of drama. It does want you to care about some of its characters and about things in general rather than just be, you know, watch moving images. Mm-hmm. And then the two other things that I would add in as the, uh, oh, sorry, we talked a little bit about horror. The zombie element obviously is one of them. The yeah. post-apocalyptic setting, especially the England portion of it, is its own separate thing. And then the two others, which are kind of just throughout the movie at different points, are this is a violent movie. So, like, it is, there's brutal, there's, it's not high, in my opinion, on, like, the specific, we're going for gore. But, yeah. if you're again, gonna- he's... Yeah. You say that you say word zombie. You're not you're not using a zombie as your main horror element if you don't want gore. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and in terms of gore, like you're not seeing because these zombies aren't like brain motivated. They're not ripping mm-hmm. into people. No, you know what I mean. You're not getting like blood and guts being dry, pulled out of people. That's like, what I think of when I think of zombie mm-hmm. violence. Is like people ripping guts out. And they yeah, never- it's all yeah. yeah. It's like everyone went to like Edward Scissor hands as soon as they became zombie and developed like scissor fingers so they could just <laughs> slice and claw. Slice and dice their way through things. Yeah. Uh, and then the last element is action. Mm-hmm. This is a heavy, heavy like when it when it gets to the the drama of the zombies. Mm-hmm. That's like it's an action movie. I actually would say that is to me, that's the more thriller aspect is when we see the zombies and there's other areas where action becomes a bigger. One well, thing is like the, the, the final. Well, I'm just scenario that, that we'll get yeah. to that, that. That's a pretty heavy. That's pretty action. Situation. Yeah. Yep. That's that. I term this category as a specific subcategory of action, which is heroic bloodshed. Well, that's like you just like, the movie is trying to get you like one person, you know, one side is the side you're rooting for. And we want the other side to just die. Yeah. Like, or, or we're OK with it. Not saying, you know, again, you're not saying like, oh, I want death, but more of like, yeah, if Arnold's got to go in there and kill seven terrorists to save the family that we care about, we're on board. Like that kind of heroicism of action. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong there. Um, I mean, that's a lot of categories that are kind of like cohesive i mean this i do think you could throw in some other things the movie's trying oh, yeah. to do. like there's a love story you got nope, not survival enough. elements uh just like other little yeah. little it play it plays it, it, it like goes down a few side streets let's just say yes which you know if the movie wanted to it could have shaved off 13 minutes and in coming <laughs> under the hundred but it chose to do longer and yes some of those things are yeah little tangents little sub sub things which to me is like that's why i try and narrow it down could this thing have 12 different categories of course like there are that many different things that the movie is hinting at or doing but truly if i'm to say hey these are the things that i need you to be on board with before we turn this movie on that those are things those are the six i think i would i would throw out there first yeah uh, that's, I mean, the magnet. <laughs> that's, the, that's the magnet breakdown right there uh other reasons to see this movie I, I mean looking at the cast at the time when this came out all the way back in the 2002 mm-hmm. um cillian murphy like wasn't a dude yet this was nope. like his not necessarily his first thing, but like one of the biggest things he did early on. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan Gleeson was famous before he did this, and he's a pretty prominent character. Um, Christopher uh, Christopher Eccleson, mm-hmm. also a known actor, coming into this. But everyone else, 
complete unknowns. And as far as I'm aware, maybe they had some like relevance in the UK, but this cast is, I think this is something I think horror movies specialize in mm-hmm. and it helps with the immersion is that I want people I'm not familiar with yeah. and title roles because I don't want to be thinking the whole time, like, wow, like Tom Cruise is being badass. Like I want to be as much <laughs> as like I can be immersed in, in these people and the realities of the world and not be thinking about just like other baggage that a character or an actor might be bringing into a character. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, it's also, especially when, you know, we, when we watch a lot of entertainment, sometimes it is hard to turn the critical brain off or like that meta knowledge of like, Oh, well, if they're casting Tom Cruise in here, he's not dying in the first two minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah. there's also those kinds of elements, which I think in horror, you need the shock, the surprise, the not knowing you know, what's going to happen to the characters. And when you start getting like, you know, the above title actors in something like that, it's like, okay, well then either you need to be the main person and everyone else can be, you know, kind of nobodies, or I'm just going to assume you have a very big part to play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I could, I mean, it's pretty easy to tell when you're watching this movie, it's got a lower budget Um, and it's it's similar to like city of God, I think. Mm -hmm. It's just it's it's shot in a very documentary type of way where its quality is kind of suspect at times, but it, the the gritty nature of it feels intentional, even though it's probably an element of just not having a ton of like money to make it look really great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the full budget was five million, and that's everything for a, for a movie that that has a lot of like big budget elements. Like there's explosions, there's faces, mm-hmm. there's guns. Um, but it wasn't that profitable in the UK, at least it made like a mill. <laughs> and then it, when it came to the U S it actually became like a pretty surprise hit Had limited release. Mm-hmm. 1500 screens made 45 million. Dang. That's not bad. It's not That's bad. Not, and worldwide it clocked in about 85 mil. So $80 million profit. During the year of release, that's pretty dang good. You can tell why you know most of the cast of this who you know, had their name on it was able to go to other things. You know, when you're able to say, "Hey, I, I I was in a movie that made 80 times the investment," it's usually easy to get that next part. <laughs> yeah, and in addition to all those features, I mean, the good, I mean, a good cast that they casted young into their careers, decent box office performance for a, like an underdog story, technically a foreign film. Welcome in. <laughs> um, but let's see, how does this movie hold up since it came out in 02? How are the other algorithms available to us online? What do they view this movie? How do they rank it, Michael? Yeah, yeah well, of course, and, you know, until the OMGs weigh in and the public yeah. can see what the true ratings are, they have to use all these other places that you know correlate random people who don't know or trust. You trust the MGs, we're going we're gonna to get you the right place. Well put. Um, but I, you know, I think we've talked about we have we have five major sites that I tend to kind of look at that give different perspectives on how people view the movie. I think the two most well known or, or most used are probably IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb has this as a seven point five. They have it in the O territory. Yep. So if we if we correlate that over to our ratings yep that would be in the o's uh rotten tomatoes they separate it versus like the the tomato meter versus like the audience uh 87 versus 85 so both both in the high 80s 85 is very high for the user score yeah um um 
as a just as a um, try, let me let me get last week's just so it helps if anybody was interested. Lord of the Rings was an 8.8 .8 on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes was a 95%. So about a point lower in both of those. Mm -hmm. Then we have our Letterboxd, which I think is like the newer social media platform that I've seen more, more people kind of move to. That one does out of five. So we have to do the, the, the adjustment ourselves. Uh, 28 Days Later is at a 3.7 which would put it right in line with the IMDb, right on the 7.5, 7.4. Yeah. Then we have the movie database. Mm -hmm. Sounds fun. Now, that one, that one so far, I think would be the lowest at 72%. And then the one that I tend to use personally, because again, I'm a big, uh, big percentile fan. Uh, I think it helps even things out. So that way I can try and figure out like, all right, where is this in my horror movies as a, cause I don't ne necessarily put a lot of horrors in my, in my seventies or above. So maybe uh -huh. like a 60 is like the highest I score a movie. So I kind of like, I kind of like to know that where I'm at this just as again, just to kind of give a, a basics uh, last week when we talked about Lord of the Rings, it was in the 72nd percentile of people who had watched it for this movie, 28 mm -hmm. days later, you want to get a, you want to take a guess on where, if you watched it, where it, it sits in their percentile. This has a, I mean, we talked about a lot last bracket about cult movies, mm -hmm. movies that have a very fervent fan base, maybe lower in the general scores, but has a, like a, a, a bigger median breakdown or whatever the statistical uh, wordage is for it. But I feel like <laughs> this, this, this movie has strong fandom. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to say it's 70. 70. Mm. Little high, little high. This one, I, this one is the lowest of all of them. This one would be at just a tick under sixty percent, at fifty nine percent. So, there, you know, what that's saying is that a lot of people who are watching it have a lot of other movies ranked above this one. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, so um, that's the well, movie roundup right there. <laughs> one more to add, and then we've been including Mr. Ebert in a few. Oh, that's of right. Our and a few of our online contributions. And he views this as a three star. Mm, it's pretty okay. surprising for a horror movie to get above that two and a half star median review from him. He says in his breakdown, 28 days later is a tough, smart, ingenious movie that leads its characters into situations where everything depends on their and our understanding of human nature. An interesting take into the whole zombie illusion part of this or eluding the zombies. Um, but I do agree. I think this movie tries to have some, um, assert some statements on human nature and the cruelty that we have to each other. Mm. Uh, so I don't, I don't disagree with Ebert there though. I do feel like this is a little bit less on the, on the, on the subtext. This is kind of, I think overt in a lot of ways, like what it's arguing. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll get there, and I think that's ultimately one of one of my kind of negatives is that this movie doesn't trust, I think, its message as much as it as it should, and it puts a lot of stuff on Front Street. When mm -hmm. I think it would have been a lot better if they had, you know, used a little bit more subtext, used a little bit more, uh, I don't know, cleverness in how they pulled certain things off, rather than a lot of it is just like, see, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. See this, sir? Uh, so 
to to finish off our our contributions from the online algorithms, let's take a look at some lists, some all time lists that twenty eight days the twenty eight day later find itself on. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, I have a list that came out in two thousand and seven, so kind of dated, uh, by Stylus Magazine, which named this the second best zombie movie of all time, wow. uh, which is an interesting situation because like the early 2000s the late uh 1990s was a huge resurgence in, uh in zombie stuff I, it started with like resident evil i feel like mm -hmm. with like the video game and the and the movie franchises and then this comes out and does really well and then the next like four years some of i think some of the best zombie movies come out like Shaun of the dead Mm -hmm. comes out in two years which is kind of a parody on the whole genre but this is really in a sweet spot ushering in like kind of a little mini zombie resurgence in cinema yeah well and don't don't limit yourself to just cinema i i mean well i think we'll get into it when we, when we get into our, our beat by beat but like walking dead the the um the comic book series comes out like i think seven months after this movie Wow. And the the amount of we'll just call them similarities are striking. <laughs> uh, some other lists we got. The film is ranked at number four fifty six in Empire's list of the five hundred greatest movies of all time. That that same list that Children of God was in. Okay, uh, they both make it. Uh, bloody disgusting. Mm. ranks the film seventh in their list of top 20 horror movies of the decade. This is the 2000 to 2010 decade that we're working on. Sure. Um, in 2017, a poll of 150 actors, directors, writers, and producers for Time Out Magazine ranked this as the 97th best British movie of all time. Wow. Uh, now, when, when did that come out? That came out in 2017. Oh, there's there's been at least four other movies that have been better than this. It's been kicked <laughs> off. <Yeah. laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to do a revised list and see if it's still there. Uh, last, this is a, a not-so-positive list to be on. Uh -oh. A review in the Medical Journal, The okay. Infectious Disease, mm. called this story none too sophisticated and from the perspective of, of infectious disease specialists, mm. poorly I mean, I have questions after. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. <laughs> got a lot of questions about how how rage viruses work. Um, and I think the, decisions... when the movie starts on Front Street. It's like, hey, here's the virus stuff, and like, just don't ask about it again. So we'll get straight into it when it comes to the play by play because that's yeah. the first scene. Um, I did also, if you, you know, for our more astute listeners, you might have uh, realized that, hey, weren't we going to do like the, the let's think about the kids kind of uh, strategy on these movies? Well, we got some news for everybody. Uh, this movie apparently isn't even qualified to be watched in, for someone to then have have a, have a rating yeah. system on it. Like they must just have a previewing party where if it's like if everything's a zero, they don't even publish it. Yeah. They can't even <laughs> subject the reviewers to watch this to determine if it can be watched. Yeah. Um, I will say the other 
the other see this is where I can't I can't take some of these sites seriously because again there's another site that kind of ranks like 12 different categories like including like disrespectful or bad attitude we talked about or uh, imitative behavior like how much a kid might want to do what they're seeing on the screen Um, but then they also break things out to like smoking and sex (laughs) slash nudity you want to take a guess at where this movie lands on sex slash nudity Probably low because you get dick. It's ex- this is extreme. Yeah, it's I ranked, mean, this it, is ranked as extreme. Dick in, a movie, dick in a movie is extreme as it gets. I mean, that's like basically like seeing like I think the equivalent of seeing a dick is seeing like a woman masturbating, like seeing it on on the on film. Uh, it's probably the same I mean, level of like extreme as you don't see it often. Yeah, I mean, I would say, a, or, or like a woman realistically having an orgasm. Maybe that's as rare. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the <laughs> you don't see a lot of movies where you know there is male frontal nudity, and ex- like I will say though, almost every time I've seen it, it is like completely irrelevant. And yeah. this movie's not, not, you know, like it is like, hey, like we just watched Fifth Element and we watched like Mila Djokovic in like a really skimpy outfit. We're going to show that men, men can do it as well and go further. Like that, like that's the vibe I got. Yeah. And we can talk about it when we get to the scene as the very first one. Like, is it needed? And I, I think like it's needed on, like not needed, but it's useful in the shock value of like, oh, fuck, I just saw a dick. <laughs> like outside of that, I mean, there's not much that's doing. Is the character immediately gets stressed, so it's not like it's a plot point. He doesn't have clothes, <laughs> but I, I feel like that's the reaction everyone should have internally whenever they see it. Oh shit! I just saw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I wasn't planning on that. I wasn't expecting that when I woke up. <laughs> uh, is there anything else uh, before we get into our general? grades our recommendations for watch or not watch i know i think at this point with you know hopefully we've we've eliminated any spoilers if you haven't seen it uh i think at this point you have a pretty good idea if this movie is in is in your wheelhouse and so now it just comes down to do are we going to tell you that you should watch it if it's not in your wheelhouse has it risen to that level of of an outstanding movie where regardless of how you feel about the genres you still got to give it a give it your attention or is it maybe something that you only should be watching if you are into those categories? And I think I'll I'll default to you as this was your pick. For me, I mean, this I full disclosure, I watched this with a non-horror fan. Okay. And she agrees this is a high-end movie. This is a this is a movie I would recommend for people on the fence about zombie genre again because it's not offering a lot of the stuff people i think are put off about Mm -hmm. zombie movies which is the gore which is like the obscene violence the like this the i guess like the onslaught of just zombie action coming at you and stuff like that this movie zombies are a part of it of course but (laughs) it's not about zombies is what i'm gonna say like this movie's about like surviving and the struggle of surviving and like all of the different threats that are that are coming up feel very organic and it's not just like we need to escape a zombie apocalypse it's a, like you're meeting characters who are broken coming into this that are trying to look for purpose and it's got a lot to offer as a movie mm-hmm. it's not just 
a vehicle for scares and, and zombie stuff, which the unfortunately I think a lot of that genre has become. And this isn't that. So mm-hmm. you're afraid of watching this because you don't want to watch zombie stuff. This is a great way of just kind of dipping your toes in to feel it and not feel like you're in the deep waters. Yeah. You know, I think when when I am thinking about a zombie movie, there there are typically two forks in the road you're going to go down. You're going to go down the hyper-violent gore, like using zombies as, as we talked about, like the Ezra Scissor Hands, we're just like, we're here to chop people up. We want them brains, right? And then there's, <laughs> and there's also that... I'll call it social commentary or like the discussion of human nature. Cause usually you're going to pair zombies with discussion about, I you know, what, what is life without everyone else? There's a lot, almost every zombie movie has some version of rebuilding society or the aftermath of what would happen if there wasn't society. And for me, this movie I think it's fatal flaw is it tries to straddle those two things and it doesn't excel in any one of those elements, but nor are any of those elements a detractor. Everything is kind of like right in that above average category, but nothing to me rises up to like a really great portion of the genre. I don't think that the zombie portion specifically is a is an incredibly high-end version of zombies. I don't think that the drama of like the social commentary is as good as other movies have done with the same topic. And so because of that, I have this as a higher M, but not quite to that high-end category. Pretty close though. So I mean it feels like we're kind of on the wavelengths. I tend to prefer this genre yeah. so I mean, it makes sense i'd be slightly mm-hmm. higher in my grade but this is one that yeah i would i'd be very surprised if this one is like hated by somebody agree i think there's, that there's not a lot in it or it's like it's not boring i don't think anyone's gonna be like bored during it mm-hmm. it's not that offensive like there's some aspects of it that you might just like if you're not into like the sexual violence angles like that happens kind of prominently near the end but I mean, I just don't think it's like, offensive enough to get fouled out by a lot of people. And then, and I'll and I'll say that that's going to be part of my commentary. Is I think that there are some elements that I think would have been much more effective had they pushed them a little bit more. All right. So with that all being said, we are ready to get into our play-by-play, it sounds like. I will say before we get into the play-by-play, just one other element that I don't classify it as a category necessarily. I might eventually, but I'll also just throw in the idea that there are a lot of visual, like video editing going on in this, in this movie, like very quick edits. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that that can also be a a thing for a lot of people is like, there's, I I don't, I don't want quick edit, you know, like, you know, kind of like born, like people just don't like the shaky cam sometimes. I, you know, I don't classify it because it doesn't bother me necessarily, but when it rises to a level where I'm noticing it a lot, I I, I do think it might be something to throw out there. (laughs) Fair. That's fair. Uh, All right. Well, let's play some of the, uh, the music of the film to kind of segue us into the play by play and we'll see you on the other side. All right, we made it. 
Spoiler zone. We're about to talk some zombies, some horror scenes that we liked, didn't like. I'm excited. This is a movie that I feel is a great conversation piece. Liked or not liked, there's a lot to talk about. There, there is a lot to talk about, and and we'll we'll get into the uh, the the nuts and crannies. But I will say, as soon as you think that you've made it, that's when the zombies get you. So don't that's ever think that we've made it. That's a way. That's a motto to live your life by. Second, you think you made it, little zombies in a show right behind mm-hmm. you, trying to stealth kill you. Every time you get complacent, just think there's a zombie right outside the window. <laughs> and also, this movie, I'm not sure if it's making uh, a statement up front. Mm-hmm. So we drop into this movie with kind of a crazy situation we are in like a test facility and they are strapping in an ape a monkey Mm -hmm. to this weird like chair that has monitors all around it Mm -hmm. and he's like from what i can tell being fed like calamities just being like anger (laughs) like this like different ways of humans expressing negative emotions on screen this this monkey's having to like just get directly instilled into it i i think yes and and one of i'll give the movie like i i a point for like we're trying to be clever the way it opens up as you're saying we like the camera pans and we see just like these like seven different monitors all showing different like chaos calamity violence and in another movie this would be how they show the the riots the zombie attacks have started right yeah. we're going to show you you know screens All we're going to show you different yeah. cities yeah but then we pull back and we're like oh wait no this is this zombies have not this is not zombie attack footage we're watching this is just you know humans being humans attacking each other and yeah we got uh was a clockwork orange or we got blanca from street fighter being just <laughs> strapped to a table <laughs> Having to watch these images, uh, and and it's, it's a that, Yeah, it's a boy. The the movie tries so quickly to be like, "Hey, this monkey's got a contagious virus. Don't let it out of this cage." Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna get to that scene in one second. I just don't understand. I'm not a chemist. I'm not a biologist or whatever infectious disease expert. I'm not. <laughs> yep. I don't see how you could go from watching scenes of devastation to getting a virus. I could see it being like, oh, it warped the monkey's mind and it's now angry. Okay. But that doesn't change the DNA. So right? I, I, it's a great question. And I think this is where I'm going to, I'm not to take like the make the logical <laughs> leap in that this is not trying to show like causality. This is not saying you watch a lot of violence, you get the rage virus. <laughs> I think what they're trying to show is like, this is like maybe like the control uh, monkey. This control monkey watches a bunch of violent stuff. They have like the electrodes on its brain and they're trying to see like, you know, what causes rage to happen in this monkey naturally. And then they're going to stab that monkey with the rage virus <laughs> separately and see what happens when you watch the same stuff. Kind of stab that monkey is a bad way of putting it. Got, got, got to give him a stab, you know? Yeah, there's a stabbing monkey, guys. We need to get the stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> Someone gets a lot of money to be the stabby monkey guy. Yeah. So clearly, I mean, anytime you see a monkey strapped in to a chair, having to like, do you know, something. you're in for a good time. Yep. Continue. <laughs> a great way of starting to film. Uh, but you know, like this isn't good. 
like, oh, it's not, you don't want anytime you're in a testing lab in a movie, it's like, oh, something's gone wrong. Yeah, right? either, yeah, either, yeah, you, you, you're playing God. That's, that's the shorthand term is, and we're in a testing facility. You done goofed up because you tried to be, you tried to take the power of God, and now we're going to show you what happens. Well, that's the part that I feel like is the least explained. So, what we get. It's a testing facility out the gate. We know that. And we have, obviously, in, in the world, people who are anti-test facilities, right? We know that. <laughs> Dang villains. <laughs> we get, are they members of PETA? Who knows? They seem to be on PETA's side, or they would be like, hey, um, by any means necessary, we're freeing animals. Yeah, this is straight yeah, up ALF, care. the Animal Liberta- Liberation Force. <laughs> Yeah, they're coming in like guns a-blazing. Like, hey, you, you're a scientist, you got monkeys hostage, like, we're coming for you, you bad guy. Which I don't disagree with, I just feel like the movie kind of makes it unclear as to, like, are these people doing the right thing in this universe? Being like, hey, we're going to, like, go into these facilities and armed, uh, <laughs> take control and release these animals. Which I feel like, hey, it's not a bad thing. But this scientist... Freaks mm-hmm. the fuck out. It's like, don't do this. This is a contagious disease or whatever. I'm like, don't blame PETA or these people <laughs> for unleashing this disease. I'm sorry. You shouldn't have been putting this monkey behind an easily unlockable door. This should have been like on the biggest lockdown of all lockdowns. Because this scientist, as we'll see in this clip, knows exactly the severity if these things get out. How quickly this can go bad. I mean, the movie ends if this man's listened to. I'll just say that. Uh, he shouldn't have been in a situation to be the only one protecting these monkeys from being... Oh, I agree. Free. I also think, technically, I think that this is this is like the, one of the, the worst secure, I don't know, yeah. chemi- you know, whatever you want to call bio facilities of all time, where the, the scientist very clearly is able to get on a phone and tell them intruders are in here, yeah. and yet yada 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 this thing still was able to get out of the get out of this bio facility like when someone in like the rage facility says we had a break-in there should be like a button that you're able to press where this thing goes into lockdown and nothing leaves this place the thing i thought of instantly was like you gotta put like little like wristbands on these apes that can just blow up whenever you need to like a collar with a bomb on it this is second these things are are out of this facility, they explode. Which is probably now, back when blood goes everywhere. Yeah, I like yeah, now you're thinking like a true weapons expert. How do I turn this monkey into a rage grenade? <laughs> <laughs> well let's play the scene and, and you can unravel in your own head how, how you'd handle this situation if you were this uh, chemist or scientist, whoever he is. Mm-hmm. Listen, you sick bastard. We're going and we're taking your torture victims with us. Listen, the animals are contagious. The infection is in their blood and saliva. One bite. Stop. Stop. You've no idea. Immediately, that monkey goes for the for the poor girl that let her that let, that let him out. I mean, that that girl was like all heart, no brains. She was she like, like, "Oh, come here, monkey! Yeah, <laughs> come to me! Like, run to my arms!" And it just like ate her face. It was. It was like you know, like that story a long time ago where like the monkey like ripped off the lady's yeah. face. Like, the, yeah, and like. We'll have to talk about it at some point. Like, I don't understand. Like, they number one, they say that this virus like takes like ten to fifteen yeah, seconds to never, completely change it, which is ridiculous. I just um, couldn't, I can't imagine anything getting into your system and only taking 
10 seconds for you to be like, oh, I'm fucking feeling this. Like, it's like a, <laughs> almost like an injection of heroin into your blood. Yeah, this is like, yeah, like Pulp Fiction directly into your heart, you mainline adrenaline or something. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so pissed all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I mean, what number one, as a scientist, like, I know it's probably not your thing that you're thinking about is how am I going to talk people away from stealing my monkeys if they come and break in? But, like, the number one rule is you make the other people know that they're in danger for their lives. He never once says, they will kill you. Like, that's that's enough. You don't need to tell me about these guys are infected. They have, they have rage. We need to understand it before we can solve it. Good, good, good. You know, let's start off with these monkeys will kill you. Yeah. And then let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> there should have been. There's a difference of like testing diseases and mm-hmm. like testing makeup products. Okay. <laughs> like I think there's a PETA or whoever this organization is. Just like they fucked with the wrong chemist lab. Like this is the mm-hmm. wrong place to have been. Your intel was off. You should have been attacking the cosmetic industry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at a certain point, like, you know, I don't think either one of us feels like we would be qualified to get into the, you know, when should we be allowed to test on animals for the good of mankind versus not? So, like, I don't know. Maybe this is like, oh, well, we started going to getting into the rage virus so that we could find a way to make it so that we don't have psychopaths, you know, who turn into serial killers. Okay, like, it's a good, you know, <laughs> lofty ideal, but the reality is you are injecting monkeys with rage virus things are are never going to be in your control. Like we can't control anything as humans. Don't try and think that we can control a rage virus that we cannot like that. It seems to be like the most spreadable disease of all yeah. time. Well, this is like this. It's no joke. Like you get a little bit of blood anywhere in your, in your open orifices. Like you're gone in 50 seconds. You're not even, that's like the, gone in 10 seconds. This is an, this is <laughs> yeah, the cage got like, nothing on you. Yeah, 50 seconds to spare before he's done stealing that car. Uh, but, I mean, blessedly, we don't get into the origin story of the virus. This is as much as we're going to get, and it's two minutes of an intro scene. Yeah, it, uh, and and it also just, could have been lifted. Like, this also kind yeah. of feels like an extended scene where it's like, oh, we got notes that, you know, people didn't like it when we just opened on Cillian Murphy in the hospital. They needed some reason why this thing existed. So we're going to go back and film this or we're going to add this component in, which you didn't really want to have to do. I don't know. Could you imagine this movie just like opens on Cillian Murphy's dick? Just like nothing else. It's like, boom, <laughs> wide shot. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to clarify the way that we keep talking about it. It makes it sound like it's like a zoom in, like it's a, like it's a close up, Mister Deville. It's, it's yeah, it's like a fisheye angle, you know, uh, thing from the top of the room he's in. But I don't know what medical condition you're in, where like the nurses, doctors, or whatever are just like, yeah, strip him naked and put him on the bed. <laughs> yeah, the, the no naked. gown, just strip him, get him on the bed. Yeah, I, I feel like because we don't get any explanation of what happened to like obviously any of these areas that are abandoned now, but he wakes up in a hospital room naked on a on a on a whatever they call those beds. Gurney. He's what? Not gurney. <laughs> and I think this is something maybe I just anticipated or thought that happened, but I think his room was locked, and someone slid the key under the door. Like this yes. is maybe the protocol of the hospital is like lock all the patients in, 
put the key under the door, and then like the zombies can't get in and fuck them when they're sleeping. Well, you forgot step two: strip them naked. Yeah, <laughs> and well, then 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 lock her, then lock them in. I think, I think whoever maybe prepped Cillian Murphy's room took a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> their own liberties yeah. on how they wanted to arrange his body. Yeah. Everyone's out here like, all right, you know, if you have a comatose patient, you can get your rocks off once, get them stripped. <laughs> you can you take, take a good look and then lock them in the room, but give them a key. Yeah. I mean, we, we weren't, in, we aren't in a situation in this world where there was enough time for like the hoarding of materials. Like this is a, again, the 10 second situation. You get blood in your orifices in any way you're, you're mm-hmm. going to be a rage victim. And now you're off trying to infect other people. I, that's, I guess we can step back a second, talk about rage and how yeah. these zombies work. So as Cillian Murphy's getting up, gets out of his hospital bed, he's, then we get into a sizzle moment of the movie. And it's probably I mean, this like, is just, yeah, this is the, the visual, the visual scenes that you see for like the, like the four minutes of almost complete silence other than like a score where Cillian yeah. Murphy or in him just yelling hello a bunch. You know, it is it it is incredibly visually arresting to see any city just almost, you know, completely unlike you would ever see it in real life. Like no one is there. There's no traffic. There's no anything. And the way they film it is definitely, you know, sizzle, sizzle component. Yeah. I mean, I am legend took this completely almost like shot for shot. Like it's not New York. Instead, it's UK. And it's like you're on the landmarks, you're getting establishment shots. Let's play well, then like- I Am Legend must be obviously better because it's American. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of list I Am Legends on when we get to that year. Uh, let's play a little bit of this. Um, um, this kid, he's playing a character, Jim. So this is Jim kind of walking out of the hospital for the first time, seeing that the whole world is vacant. I like that score too. It's very just like oddly disturbing. It's yeah, it's very like very me- yeah. and isolating. Yeah. yeah, very melancholic or you know, whatever that word is. Yeah, um, I really liked. I mean, I, I like this movie a lot with the tone it sets, and I think it's setting it up perfectly. In the first like ten minutes, you don't need a lot. Like the the issue I get with a lot of like modern movies that have this kind of like. We're living in a post-apocalyptic thing. Is all the flashback bullshit? Mm-hmm. Where we see like, oh, this is people trying to escape, or this is what like it looked like on the news, like all that kind of stuff. This movie doesn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. We get like maybe two minutes of exposition, which we'll play in a little bit when he meets other characters. But we are left to infer everything based off of these establishing shots, and I love that. Like that's that's just like perfect atmosphere that is accomplishing both plot elements setting a tone and you're learning about this character and having to put yourself in that situation it's not focusing on the mass pandemonium it's focusing Mm -hmm. on the isolation and that's what this movie's about yes 
Yeah, uh, and I agree. I think that this this component of the movie, this first, you know, we'll call it, you know, eight minutes roughly, uh, does a good job of establishing, you know, through this character, right, who, you know, is whatever we're calling the blank slate because he doesn't know what's going on. So we're able as the audience, you know, we can kind of start kind of getting the same idea of like, whoa, why, why would that be that way? Or, man, what would have caused all of this stuff to happen right now? Again, I think it takes a little bit from us when we know, like, we have the meta knowledge, we're watching a zombie movie. So, like, yeah. you know, it does take a little bit out. We're like, yeah, like, I'm also, like, looking in the corners, like, when is this man going to get attacked? Because, like, you can't just be walking around streets yelling stuff and not get attacked. <laughs> well, that's what's, like, I, I we don't know a lot about what triggers the, the rage victims in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of this stuff I do wish I knew a little bit of is it would add a little bit more suspense to the moments of like they're breaking rules that are going to attract a zombie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, you're having to like monitor as you're watching like, are they safe? Are they not safe in this? All we really know is it's unsafe to be out at night. Sure. Which you know only that. seems to be because you can't see him as well. Like it doesn't seem like zombies yeah. are out at night. Like they're, you know, like they're nocturnal. It's more of like, you just can't see him as well. <laughs> sure. And I think based off of just like, having seen this movie, I think they're attracted to sound. Yeah. I, I'm going to like, you know, we, we, we say rage virus. You could, we'll also, we can also call it like the Karen virus where it's like every one of these zombies is like anything that's slightly annoying. I got to go, I got to go present myself to, to stop that thing. Whether it's a noise I don't like, I got to go over there and stop that noise. Or if it's a light that I, that's you know, it's bothering me, I'm going to go over there and find that light. Like that, that, that yeah. seems to be the driving modus for these zombies is just, Hey, I don't like that thing. I'm angry about it. And the only way I, I can solve this is through violence yeah and the the one foul i mean there's a lot of fouls you can give to just you aren't defining your your virus well but the biggest just the foul i kept feeling the whole time was why are these rage victims not Mm -hmm. attacking each other yes like what about the process is now like oh i don't need to attack that creature that's moving and yelling i'm only going to attack the ones that aren't like me Yes. Like that's like, I didn't understand that decision. And that, yeah. And cause that, that is normally right. That's the whole, like me want brains component of the zombie as well. I don't want zombie brain. Cause it doesn't have, you know, it's not a human brain or whatever. It, you know, it doesn't have the right taste. <laughs> that, that makes a lot more sense than just, Oh, well, I don't want to attack someone else who also has rage virus. Like, uh, okay. I guess like we have to make that logical leap, but yeah. honestly, what's really motivating these, you know, these zombies, these rage victims is, is one thing and one thing only the writer like there is just i at a certain point i just had to give up of trying to figure out like when or why zombie attacks would happen and just go the writer will will put it in there when they want it like that's how it works out it's like there's no rhyme or reason as to why or what they're doing necessarily that causes the zombies to attack it's just if you live long enough and are out and about you're gonna get zombies attacking you yeah uh and another cool aspect of this is the 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 movie's um I guess concept of being 28 days later is just perfect because it's 28 mm-hmm. days and it's, you're seeing the devastation of like a completely vacated city and mm-hmm. just like having to reconcile the amount, the, the quickness in which all this took place is also another disturbing aspect that keeps like coming up, which is I think a really cool aspect of the, of that kind of device 
to have mm-hmm. in your movie. Uh, but the first time you really see the zombies are when uh, our main character, Jim, enters a church. And at first you think it's just going to be another disturbing visual where you see clearly what like a, was a mass suicide event in this mm-hmm. church where I mean, all these pews are just full of people that took like some sort of death potion. Um, and that's what you think this scene is going to be about. But then all of a sudden he makes a noise and like you see two faces just kind of turn mm-hmm. and look at him. I thought that was a really cool way of starting the action it was like really quick transfer out of the setting stuff to, Oh mm-hmm. shit, he's in danger because he made noise and now we're ready to get into it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's one rule that you can abide by in pretty much every zombie movie is walls are bad. Don't go in places with walls. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have already pre-sweeped an area, don't go into a place that's got walls. Only bad things are hiding inside walls. <laughs> yeah. What did you feel about the um, mechanics of the zombies in this? I know we've already talked about they're the fast type, so clearly they're running. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of liked the the way they would like contort their body. A little bit. I don't really know if I understood it, like in terms of like what what like rage would cause you to like and like contort your arms and make weird noises. They have, they have, they have like rage Tourette's. Like, like instead of words, it's just it's physical movements. I like, can't stop doing it. I'm so angry. But I mean, it it works. I feel like it 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 gave me the the scare I needed from a zombie like you know, bad guy, a bo- boogeyman type of figure. I thought aesthetically with like the blood and the bloodshot eyes, it just, it, it, it felt unique. Like this didn't mm. feel like a traditional zombie aesthetic. And I think this stands out to me because of it. Yes, I, I agree. I think that like the zombie design, I think is pretty good. Like they, you know, they, they're not, again, they're not super gory. This isn't like, you know, you're going to see like half skeletons walking around. Like for the most part, these are all like, fully formed humans that are just, you know, yeah, walking with, you know, with a weird affectation and a lot and a lot of makeup on that is very effective. When I, you know, when, I uh, when I talked a lot in the earlier about the idea of like this movie, it wants to find so much balance as opposed to maybe like going a little bit more on one category or another. I think the, the sheer number of physical hand to hand battles with a zombie that happens starting with this and, the, and then the fact that, as we talked about, they show just how infectious this disease is, is yeah. ridiculous. The, like, these people are like, they're not even wearing like long sleeve, sh- you know, uh, coveralls for most of this movie. Where like any hangnail could be your death. And I think ultimately that's one of like the bigger detractors I have for this movie is I don't love movies that seem to be set in in a world or environment where no stories have ever been told. Like in this kind of world, Tim or whatever, Jim has seen or read or heard of a zombie apocalypse movie story. And for him not to be like, I immediately need to get gloves. I immediately (laughs) need a weapon. Like there's just, there's like no, like, huh, the world is different. Everyone is gone. There's a newspaper that I pick up that says like, you know, order to kill on site. And I'm just going to go ahead and continue to wander around this world at, you know, saying hello to everybody, you know, anyone and everyone I see like at a certain point, you got to understand the world you are in from context clues, or I start losing patience with your decisions. 
We you, you got to remember, Jim just woke up from coma. I guess, and Pepsi is not very good for clearing the mind <laughs> or yeah, Tango or whatever they call it. Everyone's working off of just like sugar and uh, and just like processed carbs. They're not thinking well. Yeah. There's no vitamins around anymore, so your your judgment's yeah. not there. But this is an aspect of most apocalyptic movies that I I resign myself the second I'm watching this, and I'm not a survivor. <laughs> no, I don't have it in me to survive a couple rounds of this, let alone like be of like the point zero zero one that's still alive at this at this time. Like I'm not making it through the first culling, let alone like multiple nights of having to survive this shit. Like no. But if I if you were to have survived, mm-hmm. you're the, the one the type of person that's taking all the precautions. Like you're not making it this far if you're not wearing like a bubble boy costume in my mind. Like mm-hmm. how are you and the the like when he gets rescued from this situation, so he gets into the church, he has to 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 kind of fight and scramble his way out and starts running, and then he gets found mm-hmm. by two other survivors by what are the names? Is it Mark, Mark and, and Serene? And Selena. Uh, Selena is like one of our main characters, and Mark is who she's with at the beginning. <laughs> and Mark's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but they basically like firebomb these these zombies that are that are chasing him, and they're all like dressed up in gear, like they have yeah. masks on and like all their skins covered. Like that's the way to do it, which you <laughs> expect. All right, these guys have got it down to his science. We'll learn later on. Like no. They're making yeah. they're making goofs all around. First and last time we see those suits is this scene. <laughs> we will never see full protection suits ever again. Meet, when we meet Frank later, he's got full on like riot gear. Yeah. When they first meet him and like, where the fuck's that riot gear, Frank, later on? Like what are no, you doing? At, yeah, at a certain point it was like, no, we just bats and machetes are all, <laughs> all that we're allowed. Oh, Close but, combat stuff. Stuff, that, stuff that has splatter. As a feature, <sighs> like why are you using elements like uh, weapons that cause blood splatter near you? That's just bad choices. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're gonna get there. Bomb. Use grenades. That's great. Yeah, we're we're gonna get there in about fifteen minutes. But when when Selena or is it Selena? Selena. When, Selena. when 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 we get the the incident at uh, um, Colin Cillian's uh, house is when they go back to his old house, and she like murders mark like with well, the we'll baseball bat like, yeah. but like the amount of blood i'm like there yeah. is absolutely no way that you are blood free my lady but uh, <laughs> uh, well let's play this so so we we get the we get them rescuing jim they take him to some sort of like corner store that has a, a lockdown gate on it so they go in there and they hide out for for the rest of that night but then we get um Selena here giving us some really the only exposition that we get about yeah. what's really gone on for the 28 days that um, Jim's been in a coma. Okay, Jim. I've got some bad news. It started as writing, and right from the beginning, you knew this was different. Because it was happening in small villages, market towns. And then it wasn't on the TV anymore. It was in the street outside. It was coming through your windows. It was a virus. Infection. You didn't need a doctor to tell you that. 
It was the blood. Or something in the blood. By the time they tried to evacuate the cities, it was already too late. The infection was everywhere. The army blockades were overrun. And that's when the extras started. I love, I, I, that's just my favorite way of recounting this stuff. I know we I mentioned earlier, but Mark also has a moment in this where he talks about like how he survived trying mm -hmm. to get out with his family and then ended up like having to basically like climb over corpses and bodies to escape. Like that, that could have easily been like a cut to a flashback and they sure. show it. And mm -hmm. that would have been, that wouldn't have been nearly as impactful as seeing his expression and like, the trauma of having to like relive that in story form like that to me had so much more of an effect than seeing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, you know, I mean, again, at this point, like I'm not, you know, I'm not really certain what is going to be happening here. We get, you know, we get, I, I will say the, the fire bombing, like the Molotov cocktails to kill two <laughs> zombies it felt felt a little extreme like when they when they pull out and show the size of the explosion it looks like they destroyed four city blocks like how big yeah, that explosion was like, that feels a little overkill guys like if you're gonna do that let's let's round up a bunch of the zombies that are still in town and let's all get them with one explosion but all right i mean that's you know i'm not gonna fault anybody for trying to survive but it felt real explosive Maybe you can explain to me why are Mark and Selena without a vehicle? This is where I'm gonna I'm going to cite. Where are we? We are in England. <laughs> Specifically, yeah. we're in London. And I feel like again, obviously it was set that way because it's a you know it's a UK production, but the way that this story gets told, a lot of it is because they don't live in America where every single person would have a gun, not every single, you know, but you know, there would be so many more guns. It would be like, you wouldn't net, you would, there would be no realistic reason why you'd have a machete and a bat as your weapons of choice. If you were in us and you could had, you know, AR 17s anytime you want. Right. So that, and then of course, especially in a city like London, they have a lot of restrictions on car ownership or like, you know, how feasible it is. But yeah, still a car everywhere on the street. Everywhere on the street, but no gas. It's been but there 20, is gas. 20, There's no, gas stations only in trucks, apparently. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, we we get to a point where there's a very uh, car heavy aspect of the mid portion of the movie where it feels like there's no reason anyone is, who's still alive at this point shouldn't have access to a car and weapons because there's yeah. like a dozen of you around. Go get resources during the day. I mean, this isn't like I, this isn't like. I mean, sure, no one's lived through a zombie apocalypse in reality, but, like, come on. That's yeah. step one. You find water, and then you find <laughs> weapons. Yeah, and and then, you know, I, I don't think for a group of four people, we should just go into a, a small taxi. Let's, you know, like... <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we find a nice SUV, an RV. There's like there is something available for you to pick up better that would be better protection than like a VW Beetle. Yeah. But this crew doesn't believe in the vehicle, so they're walking and they decide because Jim, Jim's upset because obviously his loved ones are dead, most likely, but he hasn't confirmed it. 
So Mark is nice enough to uh, to offer to go and and go to his parents' house to prove basically that they're dead. Because they have, I guess oh, nothing Mark. better to do during the day than like, hey, we'll go we'll go check and just confirm that they're dead, uh, which they are. Uh, and they, <laughs> <laughs> they did choose the right way out, which is to die. They they double they, suicide. You get, double yeah. suicide in the bed. That's the way to go. Uh, then they decide to stay the night in the house. Well, hold on, hold on. Before we get to the staying of the night, we have to acknowledge probably the world's worst suicide slash leave behind note where the parents wrote on the back. Can you tell me why there are no pictures of Cillian Murphy? Like they are like of a five-year-old kid. Like, could you imagine if like one of us was like in the hospital and the only photo that mom or dad was using was like our five-year-old photo as opposed to like anything recent? And it seemed like they had a good relationship as he was like yeah. had flashbacks a little bit like with his family when his dreams and stuff like that. So it's like it didn't seem like he was a runaway kid that they only knew him in child form. Yeah. But on the back of this, like, yeah, picture of a five-year-old kid who we assume is Cillian Murphy and not his, like, twin brother who died at the age of five, and that's who they care about, not Cillian Murphy. Like, there could be crazy backstories, sure. But on the back of this note, they basically write, we left you to sleep, we're joining you, please don't wake up. Yeah. They should have just what? taken off life support or whatever. It was yeah. Too. What do you oh, mean? Like, end that. I guess like, they're not making a lot of decisions. Again, like, this happens... <laughs> You're imagining like, oh fuck, the streets full of rage people. All of a sudden, like we can't even get to the hospital. I mean, who knows? That's the the benefit this movie did is it didn't explain a lot of those 28 days. So yeah. there's a lot of like weird hiccups and like random events that could have happened mm-hmm. that caused gas shortages, that caused weapon shortages. Like who knows? Because some of this stuff is a little weird that this is how it happened. But the power grid's still up, so that's nice. Power grid's not up. They said it's not up, but that's a lie. <laughs> I mean, because it's up we, from what I've seen. We go into a grocery store that's fully lit up yeah. during the day at that one point. So, I mean, that, that could have just been an error in, like, the the cohesiveness. But anyway, let's get back into the parents' house. <laughs> they decide they're going to stay there. This is, uh, I mean, uh, I, I got to let you go. I, I'll, I'll stop it. I got to, like, go. Right. I don't recall... See, this is the part like a, a, a traditional zombie movie here. Yeah, they have would have already established what attracts zombies. Is mm-hmm. it sound? Is it smell? Is it proximity? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Then they're going to show. Okay, what are the precautions these people take not to get injured by the zombies? Mm-hmm. Are they taking them or not taking them? Then we should be seeing some danger levels that we, as an audience, are noticing. Mm-hmm. To get that like slow burn of like, oh shit, something's gonna happen. These people aren't noticing it, they're not taking precautions, they're making noise, whatever. None of that really happens here. Mm-hmm. So when there's drama, like when these zombies that's like show up while they're sleeping and attack, it's hard for me to know, like, is this because they weren't prepared? Is it because they were making dumb mistakes? Like I it just didn't make any sense how they were snuck up on in the middle of the night. Like, how do the zombies know they were there? Okay, so, yeah, because, again, this is where it's, like, the movie is trying to go for the drama here of, like, all right, we want you to connect with Cillian Murphy's character. So, after he sees mom and dad, you know, uh, double suicide, 
later that night, he's like rummaging through old videos and he's putting on a video of like his mom and dad, uh, you know, talking, interacting. And so obviously TV's got power. It's um, like the power grid, uh, some, something in the power grid's working because he's able to like <laughs> watch, watch these videos. And, but, you know, again, this is where it's like, it would have been nice if they had said, hey, at night, don't draw attention by turning the light. But I'm assuming they must have because he's holding a candle. He's holding a candle to like read and, and watch the stuff. And that to me is what seemingly draws the attention of the zombies is that he has a candle. Yeah. The, the, this happens twice in the movie where yeah. zombies have a, a secret stealth mode they can unlock. Ooh, they are real they secret. They decide to, I'm not going to go rah, 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 and like contort my body a bunch. I'm going to go like lower my body, get mm-hmm. aerodynamic, and then like sneak. Yeah, what they they have like some hierarchies of ability it seems because these zombies that attacked them in the house yeah had like a coordinated attack there was a couple yeah. of them they were sneaky and they got in later on these things are not sneaky they're loud they're obnoxious yeah this this was the the, the scene that number one like the the visual editing was disoriented I, I could not tell you what was happening in any given frame because it was like you know just different shots different shots different shots but yeah i'm like wait a minute was are there two zombies that were that entered this house one from the outside um uh window but also one from above right is like i think it may have like got in to the balcony or something let's let's play the scene so basically this is cillian murphy or jim's fault I guess oh, he attracts yeah. I mean, yeah. zombies, and Selena and Mark are not in their zombie killing gear. No. They decided to take that off. We're gonna be in our normal PJs sleeping, <laughs> and yep. they get stuck up on. And and mm-hmm. then we'll play kind of the end of the of the attack maneuver here, where um, we're we're kind of fighting back. So I'm not gonna play the sneak up scene. Just get the aftermath here. This is Donovan. There are four doors now. Were you a bitten? Did any of the blood get in your mouth? Mark? situation there where Mark gets like axed to death by Selena. Like she chops him. Like that's not an easy way to go. Like if you're trying if for me, if for for me, uh, I don't understand how that's a better way to go than turning into a rage mode for a second and then you can kill me when I have no sense of pain receptors. Cause she like butchers him up. He's yelling no, like for three distinct shots that she gets in on him. Like if you're going to kill, like, I'm a, like we're, we're not going to say that they're friends. We're going to say alliances or whatever at this point. We don't know <laughs> how long these two have been together, but like slit my throat. If you're going to do this, like you well, have a machete. Like, let me take it. Well, it's 10 I, seconds I, of like ugh, 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 things and then you can kill me. <laughs> don't like chop me up. 
but I could vomit on you. So, like, I understand, like, if you have to kill me before I completely turn so that I don't accidentally turn you as well. Like, all right. I, I, I agree. I would love it if you could just wait until I start definitively going <laughs> crack, 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 and then you know I'm not I'm no longer Michael but until like if you have to do it while I still am Michael like let's do it quick and fast like yeah. please like if I have to say if I can say no or like ow you didn't do it right they need to have again like you know how quick this turns you need to be able to do it yourself and it's on you yes I need like a cyanide tablet or like lock me into like a like a chamber like a mm-hmm. gas chamber, that'd be great. But the idea that in 10 seconds, all of my blood is now infectious is fucking stupid. There's no way that <laughs> if I wait 10 seconds and then kill you and your blood gets on me, that now I'm infected. And I wouldn't have been if I killed you in five seconds. Yeah. And and, and this is like, this is like straight out of Dexter. The amount of blood spray that comes out of Mark and then we're She's saying that glasses. not a single like because this movie I feel takes the takes the idea of like it has to be like a full like blood droplet <laughs> like it can't be like blood spray like no no that's not how infections work you know it's not like oh well as long as you don't take a deep breath it's not going to affect you like no no you get a particle in you it's in there so like when she's like mur- uh, whatever killing Mark not murdering Mark when she's killing him. She turns like there is there's no way you are going to machete someone who is infectious in their blood with no coverings at all and not get any kind of blood in your system. Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, it's just there's no reasons not to be wearing long sleeves, gloves all the time. Like, if you're in this to win this, like you want to live, that's your way of life now. And there's glass all over the place. Like, they don't hibernate. Like, they're not also dormant at night like you are. Like, figure that out safety-wise. You can't be going to Jim's house for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. And this is also where, like, at a certain point, we do need explanations. And the movie just doesn't want to do it. Like, it kind of gets it towards the end, which is like, how long could this possibly go on for? Like, they do get into that. That's the benefit of this being 28 days. I feel like a lot of this shit normal people aren't going to figure out like the people that are that are alive here yeah are like military guys carpenters like taxi drivers like these aren't people that are like like game theorists or like what like being able to analyze all the possibilities of 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 how to survive in these worlds so like i get there's some trial and error and some like stupid choices um and i think that, that this movie for all of the plot holes we're kind of poking at the, these moments hmm. these are plot holes that are there in every zombie movie because certain the extent, zombies yeah. don't exist. I mean, it's the same thing with like trying to poke holes in like demon movies. I'm like, okay, well, at the end of the day, all of this does isn't real. Or wizards. So yeah. yeah, there's no real way of getting there. And I think th- there's nothing about this that's that's harder to understand than any of the magic in like Lord of the Rings. Right. Yes. So they, I'm sure I'm knocking it on some points that were like a little more cohesive understanding of the the zombie threat, but when it uses a zombie threat, I'm thoroughly hooked. It's, they, they do a great job of building suspense. And I think um, this next part of the movie, when they leave Mark behind and do some more expo- exploration, this is Sizzle Central. Like when, they, is- when they leave Mark and then they stumble upon the Christmas lights on the balcony, mm-hmm. uh, which again confirms electricity somehow is working. Uh, just, that's just no we, water filtration. 
<laughs> that's when they start to head towards um, the next cast of characters that we're going to meet with Frank and his daughter uh, H- Hannah. Yeah. Um, do you do you have the uh, the the quote from uh, Celine about um, what do you want to do? Do you want to like, find a solution and save the world, or do you just want to fuck and 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 f- or fall in love and fuck or something like that? No, I don't have that quote, but I do feel like she was being facetious in that moment. I don't think that was a different offer of stopping and fucking. No, no. I I think when anybody ever says, like, fuck yourself or fuck you, it's not an invitation. And we'll find that out later on. (laughs) Uh, I do have her um, talking about having just killed Mark and why she did it. Yeah, that's a good one. I can play that here real quick. How did you know? I mean, how did you know he was infected? The blood. Yeah, but there was blood everywhere. It was on me. It was on you. I didn't know he was infected, okay? He knew. I could see it in his face. What a risk. Look, if someone gets infected, you've got between 10 and 20 seconds to kill them. It might be your brother or your sister or your oldest friend. It makes no difference. And just so you know where you stand, if it happens to you, I'll do it in a heartbeat. Just... Awesome foreshadowing. Like, the, if there's anything I like about the 10 to 20 second rule, it's that they've made it standard here, and that now <laughs> anytime there's potential danger, you have that countdown in your head of like, okay, 10, 20 seconds, or this is gonna go bad. I like that. That's that's a good little gimmick to have in there uh, for that purpose. Uh, but yeah, so we get them navigating now to to find a new reason to keep on moving. Right, they're, they've lost mm. Mark. They're struggling to survive. There's no good food. They have barely <laughs> water. Um, they see a balcony that has Christmas lights hung up during the day, so they decide let's go over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get another little zombie attack as they're as they're navigating their way up um, the apartment complex. They get they get saved slash protected by Frank, who we meet. Um, we learn he's a cab driver. He's a dad to Hannah. They've box themselves up in what might be where they lived pre seems like it pre zombie stuff um we don't get a lot of their backstory we know that the mom's not around i don't know if she did they mention that she died during the zombie part i don't think so i think it's just you know kind of understood it's established early and i like this about about this right now about like this part of the movie is they established mm-hmm. really early on that Frank and Hannah aren't suspicious. Correct. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think that is, that is a nice thing to, in a movie where you are always looking for danger to be kind of told up front, these people are not anybody you need to worry about. And the, you know, the, the, you know, Brendan Gleeson being, you know, being the dad does help because he does bring a lot of just like, eh, I'm a dad kind of vibe. Like all I care about is my, my, my daughter and you know, I'm a kind of uh, good guy. Like he does bring that excellently. Yeah. Excellently. He brings that to this movie. Um, I, <laughs> I, I do think again, one of the things I always come back to in a movie like this is just the, why not make a better reason for what for why attacks are happening i think that's something we keep going back to is like they don't explain like why would a why would a rage zombie follow one person versus another is there you know can you lose them at a certain point it seems like they just get disinterested like especially when we get to the one that's kate uh, that's a chained later on it seems like it's like a certain point he's like okay i can't do anything so i'm cool 
I realize I'm shackled. (laughs) What do you you mean? Like at a certain point I did, I did mentally think uh, uh, this, I'm like, this is what orcs should have been from Lord of the Rings. Orcs should have been just rage monsters who have no, like, we're not thinking we're here to kill. Uh, but, But obviously through this movie, we've seen some of the negatives that can apparently happen when you're only fueled by rage. If you know you can't accomplish it, you just give up for, for the time being. Yeah. Uh, so we get about maybe a 10 minute, um, period of getting to know Frank and Hannah, some like introductory stuff. And then we get exposed to their, um, his radio little thing he's got, like his mm-hmm. wind up radio device where he's listening to this broadcast, um, that's, that's identifying a, a safe, like Haven, basically. Mm-hmm. They have pure, um, they have protection, and then they're advertising everyone within the broadcast range to come to this blockade. Now, I want to see if, if maybe we, if if we both uh, had the same reaction. There was a there was an exact word or phrase that was in the communication that even when I first watched this, I'm like, this is bad. There is you do not use this exact word or phrase for a good reason. Well, let's play. This is the when they are first listening to it. It's not the most clear yep. that we hear the recordings. We get them playing it on the radio a little bit later when they're driving. But this is the first time um, Jim and, and Selena hear the um, the recording. I'll play this. Jim, we're not going to be able to stay here. There haven't been any broadcasts for weeks. Just listen. Salvation is here. The answer to infection is here. If you hear this, you're not alone. There are others There are other fighters, other survivors. We are soldiers and we are armed. Oh, my God. And we can protect you. Soldiers. Quiet as more. location is the 42nd blockade, the M602, 27 miles northeast of Manchester. You must find us. Salvation just is his. What? So it's a recording? Yeah, it's a recording, but this is where it's telling us to go. Yes, there. So what's the uh, the the message that you're a little bit concerned uh, with here if you were to hear if, it in the movie? If anybody ever tells me salvation is here... <laughs> I am not going. No, no, no. You do not use salvation in a purely positive tone. That has got that's got some undertones of if you conform to what I say kind of vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd be like, nope, peace out, 42nd blockade. I don't know, because like I the next thing here, we gotta get Selena is that is your voice in this scenario where she's like, I don't trust it. I don't think it's what we should be doing. And I kind of find myself, I were there kind of agreeing with Jim. Uh, But my life goal is to start, is started agreeing with Celine more. She's (laughs) never wrong. (laughs) Let's play them deciding if they're going to go to the recording. But with other people. If it's a recording for all we know, the soldiers who made it are dead. It's possible. Yeah. And that stuff about the answer to infection. I mean, there is no answer to infection. It's already done pretty much all the damage it can. Maybe they have a cure. Maybe they've got nothing at all. Well, the only way to find out is to reach them. We could die trying, Frank. Or die here. Shut up, Hannah. 
Anna, Anna, thank you. You got adults. Adults are talking, little girl. Why don't you go drink some more creme de menthe? But for the movie's sake, they decide, let's go. Let's try this out. I mean, they they don't have any water. And I feel like that's that's the situation where you got to do something. You can't just stay hoping for rain. I, I agree, but the idea that there are that there's no you know water available in the city of London that's bottled that you could find. Uh, well, that's another I, issue, yeah, because like they just didn't have the the storage that you would assume with the full access to going out during the day, and mm-hmm. they have a car like Frank and, and Hannah. Like they, it seemed like they had what they needed to get water. I just don't know. Maybe they said they're afraid of going out. Maybe they. He didn't want to risk his him killing the dog. I get all that. Like that stuff, I can kind of forgive. Mm-hmm. What I cannot forgive is the moment of their journey where they reach the tunnel. <laughs> get out of here, this tunnel. Yeah. So there, I love the montage of them shopping. Even though, like, why the hell is this shopping center not been plundered before? Who knows? I mean, it was it was pristine. Pre- like, I mean, it, they had a no zombie attack uh, like policy or something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I like that scene. I, I like a, a fun montage, like right yeah. in the middle of all the thriller aspects of the movie. There was a nice little like bonding moment, and I love mm-hmm. the bonding moment of this group. Like these four, I I like, immediately bonded. Like the, yeah. I felt I felt like them like their little togetherness, and then they were having like positive vibes in the car. They get to the tunnel, and let's let's play them. Kind of they get there, they stop for a second, and Frank's like, "Should we go?" Should we take this shortcut? What do you think? Well, it's the most direct route to the other side of the river. No, no, no. Then we should take the indirect route, the one that's in broad daylight and that's not underground. Let's just get it done. Like, talk about an override there from Frank. Frank's like, shut the fuck up, Jim. We're going. I don't care yeah. about the whole safe route with my daughter in the car and like the idea that I have not left my house because I'm afraid of her getting hurt. Right. This, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna have to put a pin in the idea that you would purposely choose to drive through an area that you cannot see and is I, not blocked and dark and like the I the, it was weird how there's no cars on the streets like on any of the bridges any of the yeah. main driveways but this tunnel this is like where the cars came to die like a car graveyard like cars stacked on cars like a mad max situation they're like ramping over these things i'm like clearly you drove in there the first five minutes you're seeing cars blocking you back up yeah beep beep beep. no thanks (laughs) right frank is like driving through this thing like he's on an obstacle course at certain points it feels like Everyone is affected, not just with the rage virus, but also some version of like the me- the memento virus, where they forget the fact that there are zombies. And I don't care if this is the most direct route. You <laughs> you travel where you can see if someone's attacking you. You're not in a rush. You're not in a rush. You're not in a rush. Nothing but time. Nothing but time. You know, again, this is where like if you want if you want to force these situations, you make it so Hannah has uh, diabetes or something and like needs her next insulin shot, right? You do the con air kind of idea, of, like you you give some immediacy as to why you're making decisions that are clearly bad. Like in we'll talk about. I mean, obviously, you know, you know so the the they they thankfully survived the tunnel ordeal. Even, well, like, they, this is, I think. 
what I this is the scene I think of when I think of twenty two scenes. This and I think of the Raven scene we're gonna get to in a second. But this is the best shot, like uh, thriller moment with like zombies in the background and you're doing something have to get they have to get it done before they reach you mm-hmm. the way they film this and this is probably why they wanted to go in the tunnel because those shadows yeah. that are on the back wall as they're like running towards i mean that is visually stunning yes yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I agree yeah I, I, this is i'll play it i mean you don't obviously see the 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 framing of the shot, but you can get the kind of this sound. It's just a very intense scene, and it completely pays off with like having to make that foul to get him in here because this is awesome. Mm-hmm. What you think? Same one as this. I can see them; they're coming. Ah! Bam, Hannah gets it on the last second. Why they had Hannah yeah, right? as the one who's replacing the tire, I'll never know. There's nothing yeah. more important than replacing the tire and you have just Hannah doing it, everyone else telling Hannah to hurry up. Yeah, who is the most you know car proficient person you can think of without any other reason? The sixteen year old girl. Like, uh, sure, she might have like apprenticed at a, <laughs> at a at a car workshop or worked on her dad's taxi in the past, but without any knowledge, it is ridiculous the fact that they're having the the, the youngest person in this group be the responsible one for like the actual tire change that needs to happen and. She's the victim of, to me, the most horrifying sequence of this entire movie, where she's <laughs> under the car and With a wave, a wave yeah. of rats wash over her. Yeah. And at a certain point, I, I mean, I obviously like viruses don't typically transmute from one species to another, but I thought at a certain point they were going to have a like the rat biter and that like and that was going to be an issue. But yeah. no, like the rats were just the the rats were running away from the rage victims, which makes me think, are they eating the rats? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I would imagine that the rage is is not just like I need to kill other humans. It's anything that's not infected with rage. Mm. So, we see so. horses running around here in a bit too, and like the horses are fine. They're like wondering if the horses are are in danger. Yeah, Who and that's yeah. We'll we'll put that as moment number one of don't need it. But moving forward, <laughs> I feel like that was kind of like the movie trying to make a little subtle like subtext on like nature will go on without humans around and like the beauty of like the countryside. Like, it was more of like when they're driving to this mm-hmm. to the blockade and you and you see like nature without humans around, and maybe that's just me thinking like, oh, that's like actually not that bad. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but they yeah. get out of the tunnel. Yeah, they, 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 they get out of the tunnel. We get, I don't know, another like 10 minutes of, of more like an intense bonding around like a campfire kind of situation. Jim uh, sh- Frank dad during a bad dream. Mm-hmm. They're sharing they're sharing uh, drugs. You know, truly things that make you bond with another well, person. We learned that Selena is a chemist. Yep. And she's got Valium with her, which is like clutch as shit. I mean, the way that they treat Valium is like a cure-all for everything, so I don't know. It didn't do much to help. It just, like, made people drowsy and loopy. 
Uh, but yeah, she's got Valium and she, she's a chemist, which comes up later too. Uh, but eventually, yeah. So once we get like through the bonding aspect and then they made it to the blockade, we're about an hour into the movie. So and just it, over halfway. Yeah. And at this point I legit was like, we're, and I, I've seen it before, but like, again, I think I've only seen this once before. So like 20 years later, I'm like, where is this going? Where in the, where could this, these four people be going? And then as soon as we get to the block, I'm like, okay, now I remember where, what's going to happen. But again, the, the decision making on point for some of these characters, and I'm going to go ahead and put Jim on blast as the number one issue maker of like, do you not understand that there are zombies in this world? How many times do we need to have you attacked by a zombie for you to understand? There is no reason why you need to go inside the walls of this gas station to look at <laughs> cheeseburgers. Like, I mean, that was the it, biggest takeaway scene. Like, I, they get rid of it. It was yeah. only there because that was his first time he's killed anything. Which, which just kill the priest before, yeah. Kill like, the priest yeah. if you're gonna do it. Like, if you want to have the whole like, we're gonna talk at the end, you know, with the with the major about like you can only survive here if you killed someone. I think it would have been cooler if it would. No, I've survived without having to kill anybody. Yeah. And make you. It different. is another way of yeah. surviving. Thirty yeah, days. You know, <laughs> But like, I don't know, if you want to do it, like, and it, we'll we'll get there. But like, you don't you don't lead off with I killed a, a twelve year old boy or however he leads it off. You lead with like an well, infected not, kid I mean, was attacking yeah. me. Like, that's just out of context on what you did. Like you yeah. killed a, an infected rage thing trying to hurt you or yeah. infect you. Uh, but yeah, when they when they get to the blockade, I mean, maybe call me naive. The first time I'm watching this, I'm thinking they're gonna find something. Mm -hmm. like, that, that this is the next stage of the movie. And when they show up and nothing's there, it's kind of confusing. It's a little bit like, okay, where are we going to go next? And then sizzle of all sizzles. Mm. Of the movie in my mind, you have Frank, who's obviously distraught. He's led the expedition here. He was sure this was their, their ticket to salvation's to a, here <laughs> to a salvation, to a cure. And no one's there when they show up. And he's kind of this, like, he had an outburst to his daughter and then and, and Jim and Selena. So he's by himself. And um, we'll pick it up here. This is it's probably better to watch, but still the emotion of, of, the, of the scene is, is there in the audio, too. Get out of it. Yeah, I'm fine, sweetheart. Sorry I lost my temper. Hannah, I love you very much. What? Keep away from me. Stay where you are. Dad? Keep away from me! Dad? Keep away from me! Keep away from me! Keep away! Keep away! Keep away! What's wrong? Dad! Jim! Jim, he's infected! No! No! Jim! No! Jim, kill it! Jim! 
lot of things. First, I just I love I love that way of Frank getting infected. That it's better than like a sneak attack zombie. It's better than like he was saving Hannah or something because it was just it shows how completely uh helpless you are. Mm-hmm. To really prevent infection. I mean, he's uh, trying to shoo a bird away from a corpse. Mm-hmm. And as he hits the bird, like a little droplet hits his eye. It's just like, I love a, a situation like that for the drama of like something so small could have not been done and our favorite character would have been fine. Yeah. And eventually they would have gotten out of this. But the other part of this scene that's wild yeah. is what the hell were the soldiers doing? Mm, that's uh, that's my question was gonna was gonna be to ask. I'm pretty sure they're waiting to find a reason to kill the guys, as as we're going to yeah. find out. That's that's how I interpret this 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 scene because they are there immediately, like almost to the point where they must have been there the entire time. Well, they were camouflaged, like they were yeah. in like the guy who shot Frank there at the end was dressed in camouflage on like a grassy knoll, mm-hmm. JFK and him. Yeah. Like, what were you doing? Like, where's, I, I feel like in retrospect now, knowing what the motivations of the soldiers were, were they were just waiting for a time to pop Jim and Frank and just take the girls. Yes. Which I don't know why they didn't do ultimately, because they do take Jim and the girls back to the camp after Frank has been offed. Yeah. The, and, and now we get into the the. St- you know, the, the true to me, like the telling of a zombie tale is almost always some version of humans are the bad guys, not like the the unknown animal, you know, the, the base instinct zombies. Like, yes, yeah. they're a threat, but they're the same threat as like a lion would be a threat. Like it's a you, you can tame that kind of threat. What you can't tame is human nature. And, yeah. and th- this is where we're getting into that that uh, that <laughs> that story element. When if you're Selena and Hannah, you got to pick your poison. Would you rather be against people who are infected with rage or are infected with being super horny? Because both of those are bad situations (laughs) for Selena and Hannah. Because the idea that, uh, let's see, Major Henry West, so Christopher Eccleson, Mm -hmm. he... Talks a little bit later about how like the 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 situation in which he recruited like one of the guys to the to his outfit, but I'd imagine based off of the arc of these this crew is he's created this little outfit with the sole intent of finding and raping women. I mean, essentially, yeah. Like the the you know, he seems to be like I don't want a Gilead, but it seems as if that's the only thing that's going to stop my men from killing themselves, so I well, guess I... That, like, oh, I guess we're going to have to rape, because no yeah. other thing in the world can motivate these guys to keep living. Right, and I'm like, at a certain point then, we don't need these guys. Like, if that's the only well, thing keeping them to live is that they... they this, like I, I don't want to get into a whole thing, but like, this whole idea that I, I, I don't understand where the idea of like any sex is like the only goal in the world. And exactly. like, well, I, it's under the guise of like let's repopulate the earth, but no, like that's not even that. And you no. can you two women like what are you gonna do? They they get pregnant once and then they're off out of commission for nine months. You just like rinse and repeat for thirty years. Like no, go to a sex shop, go get a flashlight. Like you're fine. You can nope. still jerk off, guys. Go have sex with each other. 
Nope. If it's not with a woman, whether they're unwilling or willing, it's not going to be worth life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, not, the sad part is like, I don't think it's that unbelievable that this type of like oh. marauder outfit would happen. Um, I just I mean, feel those, like there's more of them, and I don't think the main targets would be women for sex. I think it would probably be for resources and water. I don't know. I mean, I feel like at a certain point, we as like as a human society need to understand that 90% of, of post-apocalyptic movies have some version of men will work to control women, especially to force them to have sex with them. Like, yeah. And and the sad part is it never comes off as like, oh, that's unrealistic. It always comes off as like, yeah, unfortunately, dudes are disgusting and gross. And if they don't have any limitations put on them, they will do like un unspeakable things. And they it it it's it's upsetting, obviously, but also it's it's to me it's upsetting because it doesn't feel incorrect. Like no, yeah, I, that's a, that's a point of this like this, the the type of zombie drama thriller mashup that this movie is is very satisfying because I feel like you can get a lot from the drama that's not just tied to the, the zombies because this this end part like zombies are kind of an afterthought. Yeah, um, and the like, villains are Major Henry West and his like group, which mm -hmm. is a great little pivot to have in your third act. Um, but this is really like the heel reveal of, uh, of of Major West, kind of after a couple of his group made inappropriate passes at Selena and then kind of made their um, desires known. This is uh, Christopher Eccleston kind of explaining what their real purpose is. Eight days ago, I found Jones with his gun in his mouth. He said he was going to kill himself because there was no future. What could I say to him? We fight off the infected or we wait until they starve to death and then what? What do nine men do except wait to die themselves? I moved us from the blockade, I set the radio broadcasting, and I promised them women. I always kind of appreciate whenever this scenario comes up, and mm -hmm. like mostly, obviously, movies. I've never presented this in like a real-world scenario. But whenever someone who's up to like really evil plans mm -hmm. shares their plan with somebody else, and they're like, what do you think about it? Mm-hmm. And they expect it to be like, oh, I, I'll be in. I'm in. Like when he gives that scenario to our main character here, he's totally expecting him to be gung ho with like, yeah, let's rape these two women you brought to us. Repopulate the earth. Yeah, it's you know, it's like the the Bond the Bond villain who's not just telling Bond you know to be like villainous, but like because I want you to see how clever I am, Bond, or <laughs> I want you to be a part of this. And it's like. Do you like? I don't. The, I think the hard part is I don't know from that delivery. It doesn't feel like like Christopher Eccleston's character, whatever Major West. I don't think that he's necessarily on board. This is like one of those like I wouldn't do this, but like I care about my eight men, and the only thing that could possibly like give anybody a reason to live is sex. 
And whether it's with a willing person or not, we're going to, that's what we're going to do. Like the thing, like he doesn't even say anything about like repopulating the world. Like we need kids. To we need to something to do is basically what he says. Like what else are we going to do? If not aggressively force women to have sex with us. I mean, that's okay. like our purpose is this. And then like the whole, I mean, I kind of tuned out a little bit of their whole, like their, uh, it's like a camaraderie, their bonding, like over dinner mm. and stuff. Like I didn't really, I mean, it was pretty evident. These were evil guys. As soon as they showed up when they were like hiding mm-hmm. and they, and, and, and they shoot down um, Papa out there after he gets infected by the, by the Raven. You got to know these guys are up to no good. They're sniping people. They're not trying to help. And then when we get into their little lair, they're just like up to no good. They're like being aggressive dudes. The vibe's not great. It's a bad vibe. It's a bad vibe. And there's apparently one guy amongst the crew who got in who's Mm -hmm. anti-rape. Everyone else is pretty for it Mm -hmm. in terms of what we see. Then there's one like Scottish guy who's not having it. He's like, "Uh uh-uh. I see what you guys are doing, what you're thinking about, and I'm going to defend these ladies. And, you know, thinking maybe there's a, a potential chance to talk some of these guys out of it. Like, hey, come on my side where we don't rape. And um, no takers. <laughs> Everyone else in the crew was like, nah, we're with Eccleson on this one, buddy. Sorry. No, we're on team rape. You know, hey, if we have to take votes, I guess. Yeah, we're, we're, we're drawing straws here. You're, you're, the, you're the one out of luck. In zombie dystopia, we still honor democracy. So let's take votes, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so we get basically Eccleson, our major, whatever, is like, hey, you're both going to die. He sends his lower tier Mm. henchmen out Mm. to take Mm -hmm. him to a killing field, I guess. I go take him where all the other bodies are, which there's no issue of like just killing a person and then becoming a zombie. Like this isn't a universe where you're dead and you come back to life as a zombie. Correct. So I don't know why they were so like, we need to take him out of this layer to kill him. This, this to me is like the, like one of the capital, like cliches or just like easy ways of writing your character out of a situation is lazy henchmen where it's like, Mm -hmm. I could shoot this guy in the head and then just drag him over to the killing field but I don't want to, I don't want to get the wheelbarrow out. I don't want to have to drag the body out. I'm going to go make this guy walk to where I'm going to kill him. And all the time, let him talk and let him look around, figure out where his settings are, figure out if there could be any way for me, for him to make an escape. Like that's all this scene is all about. Cause like, yeah, there is no reason. Why are we walking these two guys out to where like only, so I guess we as the audience can see that obviously they've done this before. I think that's the idea. That's, Other than that, yeah, I think a, a large portion of the idea here is that this is a common practice that I give it a full on field of dead bodies there. But I do like Jim's sneakiness, and this is a total something out of the OMG playbook. Oh, yeah, like if we're in war mm-hmm. and there's a like a big pile of bodies, I'm getting mm-hmm. in that pile, and I, I know mm-hmm. it's standard process to go by and stab the piles. I've seen this, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm willing to play that game, I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, and while that's happening, you got to do your best. Like, you grab a weapon, and if someone does start coming by to give the old stab-stab in the pile, you got to do your best to defend. Yeah, but, that's when you wake up, you, like, pocket yeah. sand them as you see him come, and then you run around. Yeah, you got to, like, throw something at him and then run. But Jim, like, this this worked out perfectly for him because he 
the the Scottish guy who's standing up for women's rights gets mm-hmm. gets bayoneted or was about to get bayoneted and instead gets shot. Yep. Um, and then Jim takes that moment to go jump into the pile of bodies. Mm-hmm. The two henchmen are like, oh, shit, he's gone. He couldn't have gone into the pile of bodies. That's gross. Somehow, <laughs> Jim is like, his orifices are closed. Oh, like, yeah. any you, sort of trace blood contact yeah. ain't getting inside of Jim. He's got yeah, it locked down. Regardless of how many active cuts we've seen him make on himself and that he has throughout this filming, yeah, the man is like is able to completely close anything that would be able to get blood into him. So, like, good job on him. That's a, that's a skill. He's learned that he doesn't need some of the precautions other people need. It's just mm-hmm. got really tight, tight body skin. Get that skin shirt off. Over the, yeah. Pop that shirt off. <laughs> uh, but this really activates Jim's warrior mode. Like he becomes Rambo. Yeah. At this the, yeah. Yeah. No one is seated during the Rambo section of 28 days later, which is essentially from here till the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. This is like Jim's revenge tour. He's like, I, I know I'm a bike courier who's only killed one child mm-hmm. who's turned to a zombie, but I'm also, <laughs> I got a late killer in me. He just like <laughs> activates it. It feels like such a like. I would hate to be Jim and like that's how I'm described. This point in the movie is yeah, he's a child killer. Like, oh come on, like can we get some other words before the? I know, but like, ooh, that's rough. Like zombie killer, <laughs> like zombie <laughs> foremost before the age matters. Yeah, uh, yeah. So th- this is a moment where we have, now we have Jim who's who's separated himself from the henchmen. We have Helena and uh, what's her face? Daughter. Daughter. Uh, uh, basically being prepped for assault. Like they're like, hey, we got some pretty dresses we want you to put on. We really want you to get in the mood as best you can, please. So they're like getting them in these like weird ball gowns. I'm like, what kind of guys are these? They need like, they're playing dress up. They're They're like, they're playing with their prey, which is what you hate to see from an abuser. You don't want them to see them taking joy in like that build up to the mm-hmm. assault. And that's clearly what, what's going on here. Well, they, again, it feels like there's like two of them who really want it. And the other one's just like, I guess, like, like obviously I would like to. And like, I'd really <laughs> like it if these girls could be into it. So maybe if we like... Stockholm syndrome them eventually they're gonna they're gonna see our see it our way like because like what's uh um Naomi Harris I can't remember her the 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 character's name um like she goes up and like aggressively kisses one of them to try and get them to leave the room and like like aggressively as in like he didn't seem to enjoy any part of it where I'm like what like was like a shock to the system yeah. Or she's like, oh, you want you want me to kiss you? Like, I'm going to do it real hard in your face. Like, this is to recombobulate you real quick. And then she is able to like list off her demands real quick. She's like, I will kiss you. There you go. Mm-hmm. I need to be alone while we change. <laughs> and then we can, like, pick it back up from there, which that's accepted. Like, if, like, why, like, knowing that the plan is essentially get them out of the room so that they can essentially drug up. And so they won't have to like kind of experience the whole, the whole thing. Why not just tell them that? I don't think that these guys would really care if you're like, Hey, is it okay if we get a little drugged out? It's like, we're not fully here for this experience. I don't well, think not these- gonna, I, don't, I wouldn't want to, I don't care about their input too much. <laughs> I don't <really laughs> want to present them with that uh, question, but I do. I did like the scene where, um, where Helena gets the, like her pills and she goes to the, the daughter's, 
like you need to take these and she's like unsure of what's going on i thought that was pretty good i'll play that real quick we're gonna beat these hands, okay come on eight days eight days are you trying to kill me i'm making you not care okay i mean if i'm if i'm hannah there i'm like please kill me <laughs> like i get the idea of lithium like, makes this better but we got a whole existence of this pain coming up. Like, it doesn't seem like it's going to get better in the, like, after this session's done. Right? I would have liked it if she had just said, well, why not? Like, come on. Yeah, let's go. Let's get out of this situation. Like, we tried our best. Yeah, tried our at this best. point, you know, I've seen my dad get murdered. You, like, we've seen the only other guy who seems relatively nice in this world also apparently get murdered by this group. Like, I don't need to know what's going to happen the rest of this night when I get dressed in this dress. Like, yeah, let's do this. It's off each other. How much lithium? Nothing like a joint suicide in a movie. I would I would have taken it there, but we do have Sneaky Jim, and they don't know he's coming. But Sneaky mm -hmm. Jim's coming. You don't got to worry about mm -hmm. that. Uh, I did like once uh, Hannah gets all like lithiumed up, and she's mm -hmm. like vibing with it. I do yeah. like that she starts to be like a doomsdayer and like saying you're all gonna die. That was pretty cool. I'll play that real mm -hmm. quick. This is the level of prophecy I can I can stand in my movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to really unsettle them. Is that the way it works? Shut up. I don't think they are coming back. I think they've been killed. So, so shut up! Hannah. They're dead. <laughs> and you're gonna be next. I mean, calling your shot the moment before is excellent. Right, and that just like little like whoa. Because <laughs> <laughs> unbeknownst to, to the girls, Jim's back. Mm -hmm. Jim made it back. He already offed one of the majors' men on his on his roundabout way back. Um, he then frees the chained zombie. Yes, that they had kept hostage to kind of see how long he'd survive. Mm -hmm. Um. That's a risky move from Jim. He's already got the element of surprise to try to take down the guys that are there, but he's like, let me include this chaos agent that is this chain zombie. But then that creates like a contagion effect where now mm -hmm. oh, you're not just dealing with one zombie and then Lucy gets in that. He gets one guy, he got two zombies, he got three zombies, and now we got another outbreak going. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, got, it's a calculated move. Right. Anytime that you are introducing that agent of chaos, you have to be basically saying, I I am a very, very, very big underdog for this to pay off. <laughs> yeah, like, basically. You, you do not want the agent of chaos if you think you have a chance of victory. And at this point, you know, all betting odds aside, Jim has turned from postal carrier to, to like legit, you know, military badass. He's beating military, I think, trained yeah. military guys these aren't like the, these aren't people yes. cosplaying i don't think I, the way that they act at like the, the dinner table makes me feel like they weren't actually military but then the way like the you know major and all them are acting and then the scottish guy they act like they've actually been in the military so like i i think they really are a military unit but yeah i, I don't know how 
he ends up doing it because they don't really show like the beat by beat. Like I would have liked if they had used a little bit more of like sneaky Jim. I would have liked like mm-hmm. seeing him make a trap or, you know, something active where he was using the terrain. It felt like it was just like, I got to hope I surprise somebody. And, and he does. And he did. Times. I mean, he got one, he got the Freddy cat guy who was like <laughs> the, the minion who was the least effective. He stabbed him right in the gut. Totally yeah. got him. And then uh, he had a chance to, like, I guess somewhat help one of the other guys who was scared and huddled in a room as zombies were, like, coming at him. And Jim elects not to help him, just kind of, like, got out of that room and left the guy there. (laughs) So Jim's, like, totally turned on his, like, I don't give a fuck, I'm saving these women mode, which you appreciate Mm -hmm. here at the end. He got something to root for, which I like. You got two two ladies who are under attack by zombies and men. Mm -hmm. You got... Jim, who's unleashing his Rambo mode, which is fun to see. And yeah. and then you get him with a showdown with main bad guy henchman who's not Major West. I forget this guy's name, but he's the one who's like so gung-ho on the rape. Yeah. And he's in there with Helena, and he just takes his this this bad guy's head and just beats it against the wall. Like total rage mode. And in the back, he got Helena looking at this like, whoa. Like, is this <laughs> Jim, it's just like a level of anger I've not seen from him. Is he capable of this? Or is he a zombie? And I loved that little... I wish I wouldn't have known. I wish there was an element of like, he's just gone full sprinting mode, kind of like a zombie does, and like runs into the Mm -hmm. room and like grabs him and you're not sure. Mm -hmm. Or he's got... like He had a moment where blood got splattered near his eye and you're not sure. Like a moment of like doubt would have been awesome because i believe helena in that moment where she's about to like stab him mm-hmm. um that was really cool i thought that was a nice scene yeah I, it, it was a very good scene i also like want to uh like call out the specific scene where the, the daughter was like grabbing on top of the mm-hmm. the mirror or whatever to the hide wardrobe from thing yeah like that was very expertly shot like that like this this to me this last like whatever 30 minutes of of the of the rampage action is better when it's trying to focus more on the like the horror suspense kind of a dread aspects than the flat out action. I think all of the action is filmed in such like, you know, the the choppy sequences. I don't really know what's going on. Like I can't follow what's happening. I think that's kind of by design, you know, zombie movie wants to disorient you and you don't know if something's a fang or a, or a, or a, or, a, or a fingernail or something. I get it. But like to me, it's just it's not entertaining to watch that action. So like I'm more in for it. Like ooh, like what is the danger? Like oh, like are they gonna find each other? Like those things are where where I'm really finding my enjoyment in this last twenty minutes. Yeah, and it, it is. This is what you think. This is the most zombie movie. The this movie is like a, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the middle part, and even when you meet Major West and his team, is more of like a. Uh, a statement on like what does it mean to be like human violence against zombie violence it's more like introspective on that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but at the end it's like all right here's a zombie movie for you we got the greatest hits you got two women in danger you got a uh, rambo character taking out some zombies you got guns you got knives you got an this is an action space. movie at the end <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I I feel like it's like okay, you've you've made it through a lot of our like social commentary and our like our visual spectacle and like the uniqueness that we're trying to do. Now we're gonna go ahead and give you what you really wanted when we said it was a zombie action movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it does give you that the classic like once Jim has bashed this guy's brains in, mm-hmm. you, you, you've kind of lost track of the count. Like, okay, how many bad guys were there? Was Major West taken out earlier? You're not sure where everyone is. And right as Hannah, who comes up clutch with her with the car, she's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. get in! I got it." Somehow didn't realize Major West is in the back seat. Mistake on Hannah right there. <laughs> didn't check. And Wes gives a nice little gut shot, a little sh- uh, shot to the to the bellied old Jim. Yep. Uh, but then Hannah's smart enough at that point, reverses, somehow knows that chain zombie mm-hmm. was coming up. He breaks through the rear view window, and then that's how Mr. Major Wes goes. At a certain point, it does feel like everyone has like you know like the heads up display on, where like they always know where the zombies are. Like, okay, there's one two feet behind me. All right, zoom it back. There we go. Leave them by there. There is there is just a lot of coincidence about zombies being there right when you need a zombie. Um, and why why are we shooting Jim in the belly? Like, if you're not gonna kill him, shoot him in the leg shoot him in the arm like show me that at some point like one of the things that you know major west did that was kind of like interesting was he would dip all of his bullets in zombie infested blood and like give me something where like it would be more of a thrill than just he gets shot in the belly and we don't know if he survives for about 45 seconds well this is another little fun fun tidbit <laughs> i found yeah. while recording is that was supposed to be the ending Ah, he gets makes, shot in the belly. <laughs> yeah, shot in the belly, and then Hannah like goes to drive out the the property, or, like driving through the the fencing or whatever. And then yeah. there's like a weird stop in the in the action. It's like a freeze frame, and you have everyone's like scared faces. They're about to go through the gate. Um, that's how I guess the original ending was supposed to be, where you're left up in the air, like what happens next. Mm-hmm. But focus groups didn't like it. So they added in the end where they're basically somewhat rescued or they they find that hell the plane flying overhead and they're able to give that little message on the field mm-hmm. that says help. Um it says help. Yeah, it ends with that kind of a more optimistic feel with that scene added, definitely. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. It it is an interesting thing about how the like the last five minutes of a movie can like really change whether it's a comedy or a tragedy or whether it's a you know uplifting or or a downbeat thing, but at this point because it really had like this movie has fundamentally focused on Jim as our main character. It it is a tragedy if he dies. It is a uplifting thriller if he doesn't. Right, and so that's mm-hmm. you know if you focus group that. Of course, I think one side's always going to win, right? Yeah. Now, is that the best for this movie? I don't know. I feel like, you you know, you could have made a better decision ultimately on a few different ways, but I'm not going to quibble on whether or not, you know, someone survives. I, you know, at least they did it well where all of them get to survive. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty unlikely scenario if we un- like rewind the tape to see mm-hmm. that the three of them all get out and no one else does. I mean, it was a lot of luck involved. So I, I could have seen this as more of like a, they oh they think they're about to get out and then boom they're overwhelmed by like a horde of zombies are now unprepared for, like that would have been like a very ominous tone, but one that kind of would have felt in line with the rest of the movie thematically, especially like when the dad dies like right as things look like they're bleakest and then you have like hope and then you have the rape stuff and then you have. The action scene. It would have I wouldn't have felt strange to me if they ended on that scene, but 
I didn't I mind. I wouldn't. I didn't mind the hell part. <laughs> I would have loved it if the horses had come back as the villains, and they were like, <laughs> and they were in rage mode. Yeah, come rage, rage Broncos. <laughs> but that is how we end. Twenty-eight days later, it's it. It definitely does set itself up for a sequel, which does happen. Um, so legacy. The, the, there you go. The big question though is. Do you think nine months later that we got any babies? <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, I honestly don't remember uh, the 28 weeks later to tell you yeah. if that's the case, but it's on our roadmap. It's in the thousands. We'll get there. Okay. I, I, do, I, don't, I do not think it'll be a, it'll be an auto bid or a, or a me pick. So that's that might be me pick. We'll see. We'll have to, we'll, we'll have to recheck some of the algorithms to see if it's got a, a reasonable profile to, to get in. <laughs> Uh, but th- does your that. does your ranking after having talked through everything does it change? You were at what like an M, right? Yeah, I was I was kind of in my mid M's, and no, I, I think I was pretty solidly going to be within that 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 uh, that frame. It's just going to be if whether it gets into like the you know the one twos or the the eight nines of the specific category. But this is definitely going to live within the fifties. That's yeah. that's where this movie I feel is born and bred a little born bit more, a little bit more than your average movie. It's got some things that are memorable. It's got some things that's trying to say, but it's a little sloppy. It's got little, little dull edges on mine for me. And a lot of the, like the plot is just kind of lazy in terms of how it happens. I would have liked if they had been able to tighten things up a little bit. Yeah, I have some critiques along those same lines. I just find this movie very creative. I find it um, really well acted. It's got a lot of memorable posterizers, some really intense sizzle stuff that sticks with me. Um, And again, it's in a category of movies where I don't have a lot rated higher than it. So Mm -hmm. this is one of the better zombie movies for me, especially like non-comedy zombie movies. It's, It's up there really high. So I still see it as a high-end movie. It's definitely got flaws. I think it's a conditional recommend to most people uh, uh, from me. So I, I I agree. It's probably a little bit lower after rewatching it now than it, it was for me just on my remembering it. But mm-hmm. still a good movie. I th- and it, again, I, I watched this with someone who's not a horror movie person, doesn't like zombie stuff, doesn't like gore, and she found this to be palatable. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're getting dangerously close to the end of our 2002 bracket, Michael. Yes, Very dangerous. Very dangerous. We we have far less to go than we started with. We have four more movies. Is that correct, or three more? Uh, five. Oh, well, <laughs> shows you I'm wrong. But I do believe we have our next movie determined. We do. We do. The the opposite side of 28 days later where we are worried about societal collapse is, well, what if society got so good we could predict crimes? Oh shit. Thought oh crime. no. We getting mm-hmm. into that pre-crime. We getting some minority report to a Philip K. Dick novel. Mm-hmm. I mean, Philip K. Dick has a surprising amount of the top sci-fi um, what's it called? Uh, going from book to cinema. There's just like it's a crazy amount of the of the top ones, like Blade Runner, also Philip K. Dick, um, and it's just like 
It's not really a spoiler because we talked about it in City of God. This is Robert E. J. Ebert's number one movie of 2002. Yeah. I mean, we haven't gotten into all the accolades and stuff, but this one I feel like is going to have quite the resume, even though it's, what, the third seed? Yes, it was. It's got a big resume. And it's got, I think, in my, I don't know, we will talk about it more when we get to that episode, but <laughs> this one coming into the bracket, I felt like had like underdog with the potential to win in the whole thing pedigree. I mean, it's, it's got everything, at least from my memory of, of your, of your crowd pleaser, your, you know, your popcorn movie. It's, you know, it's got one of the most famous directors of all time. One of the most famous actors of all time, like at their height, you know, you have a interesting premise. You got a few really, really good co-stars. Like it's got a lot that I think is going to help carry it. But I, I am intrigued to see how well it's going to land on some of our individual categories. Like, I don't remember as much of the dialogue from the movie as I have some of the other ones. And so I feel like that's an area where I think it has a a chance of really exceeding my expectations. Or this, this could end up being a little bit lower than I remember. We'll see. Yeah. Well, well it's going to have to gonna have to do the same the same level of... Uh, interrogation as we do to every other movie. You're going to have to stand on your biggest fouls and you're going to have to rise to your, your highest sizzle moments. And we'll see. We'll just see what the what the tale of the tape has to say. But another movie down, another movie closer to our, to our one, end of the year. Another one to watch. You know, you know what we're oh, always nice. doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just as a reminder, for those of you who don't know what we're going to be doing, it is mm-hmm. watching. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are the ONGs. <laughs> I'm trying to give you a little bit of a push to. to I, don't, I, don't I feel like it. the timing being off. Yeah, has a lot to do with me starting it, hmm. and you just not being a good guesser of when That's to come true. in. You don't think you don't you know. think I can follow the beat? You don't think? Because <laughs> like the we we are the OMGs and we will be, and then like uh, that stuff all comes in a little too natural. And I feel like yeah. you just, you come in for the watching when I feel like there could be more. Okay. Okay. Involved. Right. Let's well, just let's just see what happens. Well, as y'all know, we are the OMGs, and we we will will be be watching. See? Yeah. I mean, that we'll see. felt good. We gotta check Naturally. it out in post. <laughs> we'll check it out in post, but I mean that that feels like a top ten at least. Yeah. We'll see. We'll put it on review. Mm-hmm. It's memorable Goodbye. at least. What? It's memorable at least. Oh, it's, it's not the Middle East. All right. Goodbye.